We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we're for the people of Missouri. We're for brewmasters, stockbrokers, beauty queens, and truck drivers. Whatever you do, if you're a Missourian, we're for you. We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we've got Missouri covered. You are listening to Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. I got a woman to give me $50 because I told her I was Mike Sweeney and she believed me. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. Well, keep talking baseball, or at least some of the things that go on around baseball. Baseball adjacent things now with our friend David Lesky. You can read his work up on RoyalsReview.com. I always mention it second, so today I decided to mention Royals Review first, uh, but also the Substack, insidethecrown.substack.com. I mention this every time as well. Um, their new app is great. Their mobile app on iOS is excellent, so download that if you haven't. You can read it all for free. It's a it's a freebie for you if you'd like, uh, but the content's so good. You, you If you ever run into Lesky, you might just slap a $20 bill onto his forehead. I don't. That might be assault. I don't know, but if it's got a... Let me, you know what, Lesky? I'll let you speak for yourself. Would you let somebody come on and and, and not, this isn't, not aggressively, but if somebody walked up to you and kind of gave you like a slap in the forehead with the attempt to stick a $20 bill there, would that, would that ultimately even out emotionally for you? Would that still be a positive experience because you got $20? 20 or higher. Yeah. No, I mean, if it's a five, I'm probably going to hit you back. Okay. But if it's a 20, yeah, I'll say thanks and move on. Is a 10 perfect neutral then? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I'd hit somebody back with a 10, and I would absolutely, I mean, I'd take the five, too, so. Right. Well, let's not, Money's let's not yours, yeah. I wouldn't, yeah. Yeah, but um, I probably might, like, growl or something. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what the appropriate, like, non-hitting back response is, um, but look, I'd take a, I'd take a dollar if you want to slap it on my forehead. I'm just going to be really angry. What a... What does your growl sound like? I, I don't know. I've never growled at somebody. I'm not. I'm not sure what the appropriate response is. Okay. Because on one hand it's ten dollars, on the other hand somebody hit me in the head. All right. So I'm gonna. We'll just, I'm gonna. I'm gonna slap the microphone. You know, for the sake of the the foley work, uh, you're just gonna have to try to close your eyes and imagine that thump is is smacking you. But also, you're ten dollars richer, and then let's just sort of see what what uh, growl response comes out. Okay. This is this is gonna be weird, but we'll see what happens. All right. Here we go. Uh, and quiet on the set and action. I don't know. I think that I think that 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 seems seems angry enough, right? You didn't commit to it as much as I wanted you to, but that's okay. No, we can edit that I, out. No, that's okay. It's still gonna work I as a liner. I didn't feel it. Um, mm, true. I tell you what. Mm-hmm. Next time I'll come in studio, you'll yep. hit me in the head, and we'll see what I do. What if so? I, if you come, when you come in studio, I don't. I think the exchange rate's okay. I think I could. I think I'd slap you with twenty five dollars in jazz bucks. Let's see that. Yeah, that should work. That's about $10. That's, yeah. that's, that's directly interchangeable for delicious food. So, I honestly, I would yeah, I would get slapped for Here's Jazz Bucks for want, sure. If people want to pay me for Inside the Crown and Jazz Bucks, I will take that as well. Yeah, Jazz is great. I haven't, I haven't, it's been too long since I've been. It's been it's way been too long. I got some Jazz Bucks burning a hole in my wallet, actually, that I Same. really... It's not, it's not, they're not open like after the show ends, I don't think, right? Okay, well, I'll figure it out. i got to get my way back out to Jazz. Anywho, um... 
are you uh, are you just fully uh, Royals? You know, playoff race is on, back in contention because they did win a baseball game, or has your has your spirit been large? We talked to Alec last hour, and I I just want I want the spark to come back into his eyes at some point. Um, but but I, I feel like you still might have a little bit of life in there, right? Yeah, I mean, Alec might have some dead eyes. Um, the thing, the Royals are twenty seven and forty seven, but if they keep up their pace of the last day. Mm. Um, they will win 115 games. This is not a drill, guys. They are on pace for 115 wins if they continue the way they played on Wednesday. You believed that even less than you believed the growl that you did. Yeah, I know. I tried. I, look, you wanted you wanted hope. I provided words. No, let's that. do this. I got it. I got it. I, I'm going to bring us back around because I don't I just feel like I feel like it's so hard to start anywhere other than something vaguely negative around the Royals right now. And I, we're going to get to it. Most of the Royal stuff is negative. You look at their record. I would say that I would say that they are appropriately uh, you know, their record is appropriate to how they make me feel right now. But I, I don't always want to do that. It's no fun. So I, I do. Let's talk about Vinny Pasquantino some because he is here. They did trade away Carlos Santana. They did get something in return there as well. There's, you know, there's something to, to, to you know, sing about if you'd like on that front. Um, but but I am I am so interested in Pasquantino, both as a, a hitter um, and also as a theater kid, which also was a, a conversation topic with Alec that just makes me very happy. Um, but but I'm I'm curious what you see whenever you look at all these traits. You talk about uh, his his mastery of the strike zone and what he's been able to do as uh, as not an absolute, you know, pristine, what, the 300-something overall pick if you're doing all that math? Probably... Deeper into the threes. I looked it up earlier. Three nineteen. I feel pretty good about that as my yeah. you know dart throw. Um, I I feel like this is a, a fun story and that he's a fun player, but I I want to understand better um, what it is that makes him special. Well, I mean, first of all, to, let, let's you're right. Let's be positive and let's give the Royals some credit because that is an eleventh round pick that they turned into a legitimate prospect. Yeah. Eleventh uh, round picks make it. Now it's not like it's. It's not you. It's not like Gerard Dyson in the fiftieth round or Mike Piazza in the sixty-second round, but the Royals and their change in offensive development in the minors. Uh, maybe he would have made it anyway, but let's give the Royals some credit there. Yes. They turned him into a place that I, I don't don't remember where I saw this, but Baseball Prospectus was going to put out their mid-season list, and I think I saw that Pasquantino was going to be top twenty in all of baseball. <laughs> That's and, wild. And yeah. That's incredible. This is a guy who, when he was drafted, was organizational bat. Yeah. So, big props to the Royals on that. Um, what's What's so intriguing about him, and I, and I think we saw it in his first at bat yesterday, the first plate appearance, I should say, because it was a walk. He was over four in his major league debut. Um, I think he saw six pitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he hit ball hard a couple times. Um, he did not swing and miss. He also did not swing and miss yesterday. But he comes up in his fifth big league plate appearance with second and third, two outs. And I don't know what percentage of players who are in their first 20 plate appearances would not be over-eager to, to try to get a hit, try to drop a ball on the left field or, right, or wherever and mm-hmm. drive in two runs. I would guess that percentage of those who would be maybe not over-swinging, but maybe a little over-aggressive would be above 90%. Mm. And he took six pitches <laughs> because you know what? There wasn't a single one he could do damage on. Hmm. That's why he took them. I mean, I, I would assume I didn't you know, get to talk to him after the game, but they were all 
five of them were out of the strike zone. The six may have been two of them were called strikes. Whatever he walked, but that is, that right there is that's the approach we see from MJ Melendez. Mm. That's the approach we'll eventually see from Nick Prado. That's an approach we sort of see from Andrew Benintendi. Um, not that he's a product of the system, but it's we're starting to see that approach at the plate. And honestly, we're kind of starting to see a little bit from Bobby Witt. Mm. He took. He, I, I, I've noticed there are still some swings out of the zone, and, and he's never going to be the 15% walk guy. That's just not his game. Um, but I've noticed from him, too, that there's been some sliders away that he was just wailing at early in the year. And not. And, and so with Pasquantino, just to get back to him, what he did in that at bat was what you can expect. It's, it's a professional at bat. <laughs> that, that's what it is, and that's the sort of thing that allows players to succeed in the majors. He doesn't have the best tools. I mean, he's not going to win a race. He's not the best defender. He's just not that athletic of a guy, but he can hit, and he knows the strike zone. He knows what he can hit, and that's what's going to lead him to succeed. And it, 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 I think it's going to be fun to watch. I think about – I can't remember what year it was with the Twins. And there's other teams too, but for some reason the Twins jump out. Maybe 19 when they hit all those home runs. Maybe it was even earlier. It felt like going through that lineup was it was exhausting to watch because every single at bat was a good at bat. Hmm. And I feel like the Royals are kind of almost starting to get there. Not every single at bat, they're not there. Yes, but you look up and down the lineup, and it, it it's a little better. Yeah. <laughs> and it gets better every time they add somebody from that system because their offensive development is good now. It's nice to see. It's nice to be the one causing people to be exhausted, not the one on the other end of the exhaustion. Well, yeah, and this is something uh, you you mentioned it last time a week or two ago. Whenever we we talked last, and and you know we, you can kind of just give us a, a a Cliff's Notes version if you want, even. But it, it, it's a concept that has stuck with me. Um, this you know the idea of quality of pitches not just being balls and strikes or just getting your bat on a ball and trying to get it into play, but but spitting on pitches that, that maybe maybe it'll be a called strike but you weren't going to drive that ball anyway and so ultimately the value of you swinging there on a on a 1-0 count or whatever not not actually a valuable ball to swing at again that that's something that i just explained really poorly in hopes that you would explain it better because it's something that people should listen to i think well yeah i mean it, there, there are pitches that you can drive and pitches that you can't drive and sometimes the pitches you can't drive are strikes and, and it's the whole concept, and they talk about this in the broadcast sometimes. One of the things that I actually agree with, um, because that is rare. I feel like <laughs> I agree with what they talk about on the broadcast. But it's the first two strikes are the hitters, and then the third strike the pitchers. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to swing at a pitch that you can't drive, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but on those first two strikes, if you have the confidence to hit with two strikes, look, that's why Nick Prado's strikeout rate is pretty high in AAA, but his swinging strike rate isn't. Terrible. I mean, it was. I don't know what it is today. Last time I looked a couple days ago, it was eleven point seven percent, I believe. Close, close enough. However much it's moved since then, I forgive you on the rounding right. error. It, I, I'm sure it's not very different. Um, and he's hit a couple home runs since then. So um, he's. That's not a crazy strike, a swinging strike rate. But he, his strikeout rate is like thirty-one percent because he gets into counts, and maybe he, he might even be a little bit too um, passive at the plate. Mm-hmm. He might need to be a little more aggressive, but. 
there, there, there's these. If you go on Baseball Savant and you look at the attack zones in their search, you can see it. You can see a grid of it. There's heart. There's shadow. There's chase, and there's waste. You never want to swing at a waste dish mm-hmm. because that is that's Salvador Perez territory. Um, <laughs> you, the chase pitch, you hope you don't get caught in because you're going to be on pitching ninja if you swing at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are often good pitches, so pitchers are good. Um, give them credit. Then there's the shadow zone, and a lot of that shadow is in the strike zone. Mm-hmm. But uh, some hitters, some hitters can do damage there. Um, it is not hard and fast. There was a great article on Baseball Perspectives maybe three weeks ago talking about how different hitters have different hearts on their plate. Um, and so it's not not a hard and fast rule. You know, that you might look at a guy swinging the shadow zones, and that's where his hot zone is. So, okay, good for him. But for the most part, and to be very generic, that spot in the center, the heart of the plate, that's where you want to swing. And with uh, we talked about a couple weeks ago with the new hitting coaches, that's one of the biggest things they preach. And the Royals' swing rate on shadow pitches is down. And the success on pitches in the heart are up. So, and and that that's what they do in the minors. They're, they're not going to swing at that pitch because they can't hit it to the fence. Mm. I mean, they might, but they, they right. typically they can't. And 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 that's what Pasquantino does. And like I said, that's we we've, we've seen it with Melendez. He slumped a little bit, so the numbers don't look great. But the walks are there. I mean, he he, he had like what six straight games with a walk or something. Um, that's what we'll see with Prado. That's what we'll see with Tyler Gentry. You know, I'm mm-hmm. the name a name here. But there are they do a really nice job of teaching that in the minors, and so we're going to start to see that come through more and more in the majors. This is a like only vague. This is an ADD follow up question, not a how does this relate to the Royals question. I would ask you this during a break if you were in studio, but we're here, so I'm going to just just go there. Um, with, with all of that in mind. Was Vladimir Guerrero driving balls that he shouldn't have been able to drive because he was an alien? Was he an alien that was able to just find spots in the field for those pitches to go to? Was he not actually um, wailing away at some of those as often as it seemed like? And I just remember that because I was like 12 years old whenever he was playing. I just remember Vladimir Guerrero being awesome. He was, but here's the thing. His arms... I think his wingspan was like 14 feet, so <laughs> that, that didn't that didn't hurt him that he was able to to some of those pitches. Yeah, he there are freaks, and look, Salvador Perez is a freak. He, yeah, he he swings too much, 100, percent and I, I think even he would tell you that, but he just doesn't stop. Yeah, but he he can hit balls that you should not teach. <laughs> For sure, absolutely. Just don't watch Salvador Perez. Enjoy it, but do not, do not emulate that. And, yeah. and Vladimir Guerrero was like that. It's funny because his son, Vlad Jr., is like the opposite. He is so patient, and he is so the guy crazy. who he can do some stuff out of the strike zone too. But he's the guy who's going to spit on that pitch, and he's going to say, "I don't care if it's Owen. I'm going to hit a home run on Owen too." Yeah. And then he does because he's facing the Royals. Right. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so that that to me is crazy. Like I, I don't know how old Salvador Perez's kid is, but when 
when he gets to the majors um, and has like a seventeen percent walk rate, yes. I'm, my head's gonna explode. <laughs> yes, he's gonna he's gonna walk like prime Barry Bonds, which also is yes. one of those things that eventually every every baseball conversation to me like eventually ends up to Barry Bonds, Vladimir Guerrero, or Derek Jeter, maybe just just from just just players who were important to me at that at that time in my life. So I just I don't know, I'm just curious. Weird. I, one of those three doesn't feel like they belong. Yeah, I understand. One of those three might have been like a little overrated and no, like I, won I, a bunch of awards that maybe you shouldn't have won because he jumped one. No, that. That's that's a great point, Rudy. Barry Bonds did cheat, and we should really point that out. Um, and that is, and there will. I just can't. I think Lesky might try to fight me on this. I just can't abide by Derek Jeter slander on this show. I totally understand that. It's no, just, it's I'm just, I am, I can't be. I'm not gonna. I've never tried to be objective about almost any baseball from that era. You know, which I'm, which I'm cool with. I'm okay with slandering Jeter for what it's worth. I know, I know, I know you would be, and that's, and you know what? I'm okay with you slandering Derek Jeter. I'm you, just not going to. Lesky, you, you probably know this, but there's a chance you might, because I don't know if I've, if we've ever talked about it. So I've been in Josh's uh, childhood bedroom. Pause. Just give that a second. Let that one breathe. Go ahead. Um, and I, I have questions. We'll talk about. Please, yeah, yeah, please, just please, if you would, just please hold your questions until the end of the presentation, and then we'll take <laughs> questions from the audience. Around the walls. Yeah. Littered. Were Yankees paraphernalia? Is that yeah. the right word? Yeah, because Not that's memorabilia. also... memorabilia. No, no. Paraphernalia is what yeah. you would say about drug stuff that you yeah. found in your kid's basement, and this is even I more mean, upsetting to you than if oh, you were... Oh, I assume there's a Yankees bong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there might have been. I, I, yeah, I, 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 I wasn't able to find that. Now I got a Google, I got a Google <laughs> Yankees bong on the company Wi-Fi. Thanks, Lesky. <laughs> the amount of... I'm sure it exists with the, the, oh, the intersecting yeah, NY, yeah, yeah. you know? The amount of bobbleheads, pennants. Did you have wallpaper, Yankees wallpaper? It was It was like the trim. It was half yeah, Chiefs, trim. half Yankees. That's, okay, yeah. that's, I was pretty sure it was half... Uh, it was a half and half. Yeah, yeah, it was shocking. We will now take questions from the audience. I don't even know where to start. I can, can I get like some time to think about this, and I'll just sure. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. If you need to digest all of that, I, that's totally. That's, There's just a lot there. Rudy in your bedroom. Yeah. Um, your childhood childhood bedroom. bedroom. Childhood Lisa bedroom. Yankees wallpaper. I. <sighs> He's bong. I don't know. Um, <laughs> there's a lot going on here. No, there he is. He had that Barry Bonds bong. <laughs> I had, and I had my um, my extensive collection. Here's the most the most um, shocking thing. I don't actually think is anything that Rudy said. I think it's that I loved baseball so much that my that my room, like I had a shelf that like ran around the edge of my room, like a ledge and shelves on the wall. Almost all of it was covered in in baseball bobbleheads and action figures and and the like. Like, um, which, which again, to, to my current brand, that might be the most jarring thing. That, yeah, that, 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 that definitely hits me harder. Um, yeah. I, I, I have a lot of thoughts, and I don't know where, they, where to start. So let, we can move. On. All right, that's fair enough. I'm, uh, I'll, I'll, re, I'll give us a reset here. This is the last ever appearance on Almost Entirely Sports from David Lesky of Inside the Crown. Might be the last time he ever talks to me in person, uh, in any form or fashion. I, I might. I'm frankly Lesky. I appreciate you just not hanging up after all of that, so you could have some time to to sort of decompress. Well, you know, I look. I'm, I'm here for you. This, this is your that. time. I'm, I'm I'm willing to give you what you need. Uh, I, well, that's really, really broad. Um, <laughs> so, I let me let me ask you about something that that has has bothered me recently in these conversations about Whit Merrifield. 
I, I I will just give you my full sort of front end take here, which is that man, I'm really sick of of looking at the Royals and saying they should probably trade some of these guys when they're younger or have more control or or have value that would make it a painful thing to to trade them away instead of waiting until their value you know un un flatteringly declines in front of everyone's eyes or they and they age, et cetera, et cetera. But that. Also, I mean, this is this has been a front office that I think since literally since winning the World Series, since the moment after winning the World Series has misidentified their windows. Like, I think that's also almost certainly true. Uh, and, and so now that we're here talking about like, oh, should the Royals trade Whit Merrifield? I, I'm left frustrated because Whit Merrifield's going to have had a wonderful career here with and played zero truly meaningful baseball games, certainly zero playoff games. Um. I, I, I I would argue with that because they played like seven meaningful games in 2017. So that um, that's about all that I you could, you could at least I you know what and I will eat those seven games. It won't take me very long because there's <laughs> not very many of them. Um, and so you know if if I if I if I tend to exaggerate and only to apologize, it's a bad habit I've been working on since I was decorating my childhood bedroom. Um, but <laughs> I, uh, I I'm just left really frustrated because it's like oh yeah no they should have traded him sooner and it's like well yeah. Yeah, but there there are consequences to that, and I, I I am I am just I am left underwhelmed, and in you know you've you've written and tweeted plenty about the Royals needing to be more transactional, and and that is something that has also really stuck with me in a way that I am I am left bothered by. I, I don't anticipate that you're about to give a, a full throated defense of the Royals front office, like a you know a full presidential pardon or whatever, but but I am curious, genuinely curious, if there's anywhere that that I am not being totally fair because I, I think that you could you could make that case for the those 500 seasons where I wanted them to just try to dump everybody and build for the future. They weren't going to, but I would have preferred it. Whatever. The value in return matters. I know that. Um, but I'm, I'm curious if there's anything that I'm missing in that grander story leading to, to where they are now. Well, I mean, I think in, you know, a lot of people would argue that the smartest time to sell would have been after the World Series, which mm-hmm. they're not wrong, but it's also just not going to happen. So, that would be my exact camp, by the way. Is I I I said from from the jump that we were going to see some some literally 500 baseball. We saw some 500 baseball, and I also don't fully I don't fully begrudge them for not doing that because that would have been a tough sell. I understand that. Yeah. Um, everything after the 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 true 500. It was 500 on the dot, and then one game under the year after, right? I don't have those flipped. Yeah. Well, two games under. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. Thank you. Um, that would have been tough. Um, they tied. They had one tie. Yeah, I can't believe you don't remember that. Um, I, I do actually. It was a wonderful day. It was warm. I uh, it was warm. I uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that 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 would be the camp that I would be in. Which best business in retrospect would have been to sell then. It would have also infuriated everyone. And I, I understand. I don't. I don't hold them terribly culpable for that. I guess. So he, here's the, here's the problem, and and there's this is this is actually sort of a defense of the Royals because in 2016 I don't. I don't know that they would have sold, but their two best pieces were Wade Davis and Lorenzo Cain, mm-hmm. right? Both of them were hurt at the deadline. Yep. Um, there were rumors that Wade Davis was going to go to Texas, and then somebody saw him at the airport, and he said, I'm, I'm going on the IL. I don't know why Wade Davis told him, whatever, hmm. it doesn't matter. Um, I don't remember the story entirely because it's been six years now, um, almost exactly, actually. And... And then word started to circulate, and the next day he went on the, well, I guess at the time it was the DL. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was kind of that. That was the end of it. And then in 2017, it, it's easy to forget this because of how they finished. They were in a wild card spot at the deadline. Mm-hmm. 
they were in position for the playoffs at the deadline. They made some moves, which did not work. Um, but to be honest, I didn't hate the moves. They made. I didn't like getting Milky Cabrera. That one was kind of like, I don't really understand that. But I didn't. Boy, Lesky, you could have. Rudy is also shaking his head in a way that you just like reminded both of us of like a park we went to in our childhoods that we had completely <laughs> deleted from our memory. It, you know, it, it, somebody somebody said something about Melky Cabrera, and I was like, yeah, he was really good for the Royals in 2011. And then I thought, and not so good in 2017. I yeah. forgot that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when he came back to Kaufman to play in uh, the All-Star game in 2014, <laughs> but I forgot uh-huh. about the, the third stint in, in Kaufman. Yeah, that, that wasn't so great. But but they were in a playoff spot, and, and I'm not – you know, I, I don't. I don't want to. I feel like at that point, when they have reached that point in in with Eric Hosmer and Mike Musakis and Escobar and Kane and and all of them um, to to sold when they were in a playoff spot would have been, I think, honestly, at that point, irresponsible. Um, it did not work out, and then that's that's when the that's when the real trouble started. Yes. Um, I will. I will give you that. I don't even want to fight you about it. I get yeah, it. I think that's totally fair. I, and I think. What about after that? I think you can make an argument they should have sold after 2016. Also, yeah. um, but you know they didn't, and and then they they tried to. As everybody talks about serve two masters. They trade away Davis for Jorge Soler. They didn't trade. You know, it's just why are you doing some? And they traded draw Dyson for Nate Karn, um, which not the Dyson was Wade Davis, but he was a, he was a solid piece on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then the, the biggest culprit is Whitmerfield, like you said right now. Um, they were going nowhere in 18 and 19, and in even 20, in 20, um, 21, and 22. Yeah, I mean, here's the problem with 21. Merrifield starts declining. 25. And so, wasting, <laughs> keep going. No, um, no, we're done. We're good. So, they've wasted the opportunity mm-hmm. because Merrifield, who they brought up, Probably a little too late. Yep. Um, which meant that the prime years they had at the big leagues were shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of a, a hodgepodge of oops. Yeah. And um, I, you're right. I feel bad for the guy because he signed on and he said, I, I want to be a part of this. Now, I don't, if I remember correctly, so he came up in 2016. He didn't come up until the end of April in 2017 because the Royals decided they wanted Albert from Mondesi instead of him to start the year. I believe this would have been his last year before free agency if he had just gone through arbitration. Mm. Um, so it's not like he's really – not like he signed on for more years than he would have. Mm-hmm. But I also think they may have a little more willing to trade him if he didn't sign. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah you kind of feel for that. And um, – you wonder too what what does what does Bobby Wick Jr. think when he sees that? Mm. You think is that going to be me? Um, I have to think that he would be more hopeful than that, but also maybe not. I don't know. Maybe he just says, "Look, I'm going to be here for six years, and but I'm going to go sign with Texas or whatever, and and be done." Um, I, I don't know. I don't know, but. But they, they definitely have made that mistake, and I think on a smaller scale, if they don't trade Michael A. Taylor, that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. He is having his best season. This is when you trade players who are not core pieces. Yeah. 
Like, this is the time. Hunter Dozier, I like Hunter Dozier. I like Hunter Dozier a lot more than most people do. I think that's that's pretty obvious. And he is having a solid season. They need to move him. Yep. There, there are teams. Look, I, I think the Red Sox remain an absolutely perfect fit for Hunter Dozier. Mm. They have lefty outfielders who could use a platoon partner. They have a first baseman who can't hit. They have a DH who is going to be a free agent after the season, so three years of a relatively cheap contract left on Dozier would be useful to them. I mean, there's a lot to like from a Red Sox perspective about Dozier, plus that 314-foot line is, would treat him very well for half of his season. So they need to be making those moves. And if they can get something from Merrifield, do it. Now, he is clearly on the downside of his career. <laughs> there's, there is no other way to look at that. Um, but I mean, let's go back to the minors. Michael Massey, he is—he doesn't have the approach that like Melendez and Pasquantino and Prado do. But he had another home run for AAA today. He is hitting the snot out of the ball down there, and he has to be added to the 40-man roster this year. You know, do the second base. Do it. Get it done. Move Merrifield. Get what you can for him, and bring up Massey. I don't have mm-hmm. to tomorrow, but. I mean, that that just that makes sense. They they need to uh, – I, I have faith they're going to move Ben and Tendi because they have to. Um, I don't, I, they don't have a choice on that matter. So they're going to. But yeah, Taylor, Dozier, Merrifield, it just makes sense. makes sense to move them. It, it's almost like, hey, you built this system that is legitimately putting talent out there. I mean, they – they have a. They they could use a center fielder. Um, he's probably a third baseman. Matthew played a couple games at third this week, actually. Um, but they don't have somebody for everywhere. But they've got pieces all around the diamond. Trust your system. If yeah. you built this, <laughs> then you should have no problem saying, "Hey, look, thanks for your service, Hunter. We really appreciate it. Enjoy your time in Boston or Philadelphia. Not Philadelphia. They can't afford another bad defensive player, but somewhere else. You know, whatever." But I, I just, it doesn't make any sense. And so this loyalty that you think is being so good to these players is actually hurting them. It, it's hurting them because it's not allowing the Royals to be as good as they can be, and it's not allowing these guys to get to the playoffs. Yeah. It's like reverse Stockholm Syndrome. Yes. It really is. <laughs> so that's all I mean. That Yeah. So I, I, I was going to ask a minute ago if if there's basically anybody over the age of 25, 26, 27, you know, covered my bases, that you would not trade away who's not nailed down. You mentioned anyone who's not one of those core pieces though. So I, you know, I'm I'm taking that for for what you would do. Where where are you at in terms of confidence that the Royals will will do something in that category? It, it, again, maybe it's not every single guy that that isn't, you know, that isn't in a, their one of their first couple years in the big leagues, but in terms of the super obvious ones like Benintendi or the ones that are maybe a little less obvious at least from the Royals track record like Hunter Dozier What's your best bet as of right now? Well, and don't don't forget Scott Barlow and Josh Stamont. Yes, Stamont's on the IL, but yep, they, both those guys. I mean, you, are they both in their last be, years on the on their current oh, deals? No, 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 no. Barlow's through um, twenty four, I think. Oh, so I was I thought it was either half or a year and a half. Okay, I'm gonna I'm sorry, I'm cutting off my previous question to ask you this question then because Rudy and I couldn't come up with the answer to this a show or two ago. Who, when was the last time that the Royals traded someone with with more than than a, a rental amount of time left on their deal, meaningfully, like a, like a player that that hurts some? Oh man, I mean, well, 
We don't have to go any farther back than Will Myers, obviously. That, so, that, was, that was Rudy's answer for pros, young guy for yeah. older guys. I'm wondering about the other way around as well. Oh, selling Which, selling a good young selling a good player who has time on his contract. Yeah, make make it make it Barlow for somebody who isn't going to make an imp, an equal impact on the team for a year or two, right? Like, a, yeah, get, Boy, get him is, younger. Uh, off the top of my head, I cannot think of anybody. I'm sure there is someone that I'm just totally missing. That's where we uh, ended up, and I, the fact the fact that you didn't go, oh, obviously it's this guy, makes me think that we're at least pretty, we're at least okay to say if it has happened to any player in recent memory, it is a rarity. Oh, you know what? Is there a stupid one? It's, it's, oh, yeah, it's Brett Phillips. I almost made that joke last night. <laughs> I, I came very close to making that joke. Wow. Yeah, because like the the last player that I said that probably like Royals fan like were bummed they traded, but also like he'd been with the team for a while. He went out. The contract was torn in. Was that Grinky right? That was the last like good player who he traded away. Yeah, but the fact that they just haven't had more of those guys. I mean, they they've well, had, they, have, they've, they haven't you right. They haven't had the player to trade. Yeah, but they also notoriously don't yes. move these guys. That's because, that's where my yes. head has been at. Because Toria should have been moved yeah. back in the day. And trading Witt uh, two or three years ago, would have a lot of the fan base would have been bummed, but like, it was... Yeah, but you was, know what? The fan base was really bummed when they traded Grinky and they didn't care when they were at the parade. Yes, right. I mean, exactly. But reality is, it doesn't matter what the move is. If it gets you to win, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Nobody... You could trade away prime George Brett, and if they win the World Series in two years, people are like, wow... He's playing really well in Cincinnati. <laughs> Nobody cares. Like they just don't. And and you know, I I mean they they probably should have traded Salvi. Yeah. They probably should have. I mean, again, it's hard to it's hard to go with the like the Hosmer and and that because of the timing. But um, I mean, he didn't have a very good year in 2016. That didn't help. But also, that would have only been a year and a half anyway of him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it might be cranky um, if you don't want to count Brett Phillips there. But I mean, I do. That's like, that's like the saddest timeline. <laughs> but, I, I want to count Brett Phillips. Okay, that's smile. I think he's like last year. Last year, who did they even move? Oh, Solaire. Solaire. Uh, yeah. This year, it's Santana. It was Trevor Rosenthal in 2020, which I mean, it was a good trade. They have like Dylan Coleman and Edward Olivares. <laughs> that's that's a good trade. Good job. Um, 19, I don't think they had anybody good trade anyway other than Merrifield. So they didn't go 18, same story. 17, they didn't, you know, they, they were buying from 13 to 17. Right. Um, so it, it's been a while, yeah. The other the other name that popped to my mind was, um, and again, I, I don't know if this doesn't fully qualify because I, I don't think he didn't pitch. He hadn't been with the Royals that long. But Matt Strom, I remember, it was a little bit like, oh, that was – to give away a young, a pretty young, talented yeah. pitcher who who would perform also, in the big leagues. He also hurt yes, when they yes, them. Yeah. So that that's. But there are the question the, could become yes. when did when did the Royals last sell high? And that is probably Zach Granke. And that's yeah. just been a even, hot minute. Even that, like they, he had a bad year, not mm. a bad for his from his standards. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, and he also forced the trade. <laughs> There. I would rather talk about Kevin Duran again now that you've said that. Um, so, so yeah, Barlow does have two more years of arbitration after this one. So, uh, real quick, then, it, it, 
like your your confidence level that they will actually move somewhat aggressively with with players who aren't just Andrew Benatendi, who you almost have no choice. Um, twelve percent, I think that. Cool. And and that that's because I think that Michael A. Taylor could go um, with a year left after this year. I, I don't think they're. I, I don't know. Here's the problem too. Who's making the decisions? Is it Dayton or is it AJ? I mean, I think we think it's Dayton, but we don't know that. Yeah. And we also don't. And and if it's not Dayton, we don't know how JJ will operate. Yeah. Good point. Good point. And so it's it's hard to know for sure. Maybe um, we'll but, maybe we'll find out who's calling the shots the day after the trade deadline or the hour after the deadline. Maybe we'll yeah. maybe we'll know. It's August second this year, so don't 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 get mad on July thirty first. They pushed it back a couple days. I'm gonna get. I think hey, I'm still get mad. Let me get mad on July tw- July thirty first. I might it might get not mad be about baseball. Else, yeah, right? yeah, fine. That's fine. It's just an annual tradition for me at this point. If they don't get, trade get these mad guys at me for my concert going, okay? <laughs> oh damn it! I forgot I wanted to start by asking you how the bare naked ladies were. If the Royals, it wait. was it was. Hang on, it was Toad the Wet Sprocket, Gin Blossom, and Bare Naked Ladies. So say that again. Toad the Wet Sprocket, Gin Blossoms, who, by the way, still sound really good. I'm shocked because the lead singer has got to be in his upper 50s at least. Um, it's their month, though. What? What did you say already? It wasn't the Gin Blossoms. Is that what they said the band was? Gin Blossoms. Gin. I thought I heard Gin. Man, like, you, oh, can't, you can't cut him off for a joke when you didn't hear the name of the band correctly. I at least Googled well, I it first. I thought I heard the name of the band correctly. I was just wrong. All right, Rudy Salad Bar, sit down. It was, you know what? It was at Starlight. It was a beautiful night. It was a great show. Um, they were, th- and the tickets were bought in 2020. <laughs> hey, Which, that's, by the, the way, that's the Royals should have traded with Merrifield. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> by the way, that, that concert series was called The Last Summer on Earth. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. They were two, they were two rights. They were, well, no, they were wrong because mm. it was the summer before. <laughs> but mm. it was. Yeah, no, it was, it was a good show though. I was I was happy to have missed talking to you last night and traded it for tonight because of that show. No, this this ended up working out beautifully, um, and I I appreciate you basically just having a whole set list with us here uh, this evening. So we will uh, we'll let you go, and uh, Rudy's gonna I don't know clean out get, get grab some Q tips or something. Just try to clean out. Put in there. some um, uh, rubbing alcohol on them. I promise it won't burn. That's all the endorsement I need. <laughs> Can you put rubbing out? If you type R, the first thing that comes up is rubbing alcohol in your ear. We it's will. Uh, we we will. Um, we will bring you the answer of that about that, and probably talk more about the Royals whenever we come back after we let David Lesky go. We'll we'll talk to you again soon, Lesky. Appreciate your time, and uh, we'll we'll continue to shuffle people over to the newsletter to the best of our abilities. And I'll go clean out my childhood bedroom. I appreciate all of that. Thanks, guys. <laughs> David Lesky, Inside the Crown is the Substack, insidethecrown.substack.com. You can also get some of his work over on Royals Review. Follow him on Twitter, at DBLesky. And uh, I almost started just reading Google about the rubbing alcohol in the ear thing, but I really do want to make sure I get my facts right on this one before I give terrible medical advice on the radio. Terrible sports advice, no big deal. Terrible medical device, I'll, 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 device, did I say? You did. June Blossoms. Good band name. Still available.
This is Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. Okay, if the Royals don't win 75 games this year, I'll get slapped in the face with a stick. By, I'll get slapped. From House. It, listen, if the Royals, hey, you know what? If Are they playing 162 this year? Is that the goal? With, with I think this that's the plan. If the, if the Royals don't win 161 games this year, I will go to a Hereford house and let them slap me in the open mouth with a medium rare steak slowly one piece at a time. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. After a full break of Googling my ultimate ruling on rubbing alcohol in your ears, is I don't know, probably not. I'm currently on RockyMountainEarCenter.com. I have done no research to find out what the source of this site really is or if it is. It looks like it seems reasonable. It seems they got to practice and whatnot, so they seem okay. Uh, and then it, you know, it says if you got earwax like build up in your inner ear which it doesn't show there naturally by the way that's only if you shove it in with like a q-tip by accident but i'm a q-tip user so i'm a i'm kind of a hypocrite on this one that uh it says flushing the ear with canal with rubbing alcohol displaces the water and dries the canal skin if alcohol causes severe pain this may indicate an eardrum perforation i don't know man don't put stuff in your ears although again i i am a hypocrite on that i've i've used q-tips to clean out my ears um Every basically every day forever, um, which has only become more of a thing with in-ear AirPods and stuff like that. Like I'm just trying to keep it nice and I'm trying to keep it nice and cleanly in there. I know there are like everybody says not to, but like what are you supposed like? What do you do? Let it ride, I guess. Well, hold on. Let me, let me, let me. Should you, you clean put your a candle in your ear? Do you have the read the, the internet? Do you have that somewhere within your? The candle thing is nonsense. That one I I am pretty sure about. I'm not a hey really quick I'm not a doctor but I can read what the internet says I've seen things where it's like you, you even if you don't put the candle in the ear like you put the candle in the ear you light it you pull it off it's like oh look there's the earwax it's if just you light it even without putting an ear you still see all that wax it's just like the wax of like on the paper yeah. that one I think is a scam I bet it feels wild though uh here you want to hey should you clean your ears is that a question you're asking well here's what rockymountaineercenter.com says And now, Josh reads the internet. Wax is not formed in the deep part of the ear canal near the eardrum, but only in the outer part of the canal. So when a patient has wax blocked up against the eardrum, it is often because he has been, it says he, it's very, very judgy, but yeah, this seems like a pretty male thing to do. It is often because he has been probing his ear with such things as cotton-tipped applicators, but that just means a Q-tip, bobby pins, or twisted napkin corners. These objects only push the wax in deeper. Also, the skin of the ear canal and the eardrum is very thin and fragile and is easily injured. Earwax is healthy in normal amounts and serves to coat the skin of the ear canal where it acts as a temporary water repellent. That's interesting. The absence of earwax may result in dry, itchy ears. Most of the time, ear canals are self-cleaning. That is, there is a slow and orderly migration of ear canal skin from the eardrum to the ear opening. Old earwax is constantly being transported from the ear canal to the ear opening, where it usually dries, flakes, and falls out. Under ideal circumstances, you should never have to clean your ear canals. However, we all know that isn't always so. If you want to clear, clean your ears, you can wash the external ear with a cloth over a finger, but do not insert anything into the ear canal. If I could just speak for all of us here. Good. I, uh, listen, 
I don't want to, you know, ever encourage anyone against good medical advice. I, I won't do that now. What I will say is that if I can see shrapnel in your ears, do not ask to borrow my headphones ever under any circumstances. Over ear, in ear, under ear, around ear, top of ear. I, I mean, I don't... Don't ask to listen to anything out of my phone speaker. Don't ask to borrow my phone. If this is what you need to do to keep your ear canal situation popping, which I think is explicitly what you don't want your ear to do, so I take that back, then hey, you know, ask your doctor if having waxy ears is right for you. Far be it for me to tell you what the choice there would be. Ask your doctor. But do not ask your doctor if you can borrow their AirPods, because I hope they will say no. Did that answer your question, Rudy? I think it. I think it. Use probably tips did every day. I just that's around just, the outer part of your canal. That's just where I'm at. Not the inner. I first time though, you really got to get in the inner to really clean it. And then daily maintenance around the outer, outer part of the canal, so it never gets to the inner part of your canal. You're good. I, I just I solved it. I just I'm confused. Want my ears to be clean and not leave anything on yeah. the. No, I, I think that's. It just seems reasonable, right? That's fair, yeah. Anyway, what else are we gonna talk about here? We need to follow up with anything on with Lesky. Um, I'm going to talk about the ESPYs again, but I wanted to get some distance between yeah, earwax and ESPYs. Well, <laughs> you know what you shouldn't put in your ear? Your honorary ESPY <laughs> trophy, because the ESPYs are back here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Did you just turn off my microphone? What just happened? No, your mic's on. What did you, did you, were you talk, was that your talk back? Yeah. I didn't back. hear a syllable that you said. He said four minutes remaining in the show. I probably didn't push down on it hard enough because I was laughing. It cut out my it cut out my audio. Yeah, I, I, it felt you just like I didn't, were a like, quiet. You're just a quiet. It just fella. felt like I didn't necessarily fully get on it. It was just kind of like on the corner almost, maybe. So maybe I just think that it, also like, was great. a weird effect of what was happening. Yeah. Okay. Well. Anyway. Anyway. Can Josh. I? Is my hello? Can you try? Can I? Is my? You can vote on the honorary ESPYs that's focusing on our community here in the greater Kansas City area. Um, and and uh, I know that uh, Wichita, ESPN Wichita is getting in on the action as well. But if you want to vote on the honorary ESPYs, you can do that at 810whb.com. Just go to the website. You'll see places where you can click to go through and vote on who you would like to win uh, the, uh, the honorary ESPYs here from uh, from us here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. And all of that is brought to you by our friends Mike DePasquale and the law offices of DePasquale Moore, uh, our friends at Sandlock Goods, Google Fiber, Metcalf Carstar, and the Office Products Alliance. So thanks to all of them for making the honorary SBs possible yet again here. It's a cool thing we're able to do. So if you want to vote, again, 810whb.com. Did you think that KD was going to get traded today? Uh, kind of. The way things were moving they, at two yeah, o'clock, it was look. It looked like things were picking up a lot of pace. Where it was like, oh, this is probably going to be done by six o'clock ish, six or seven. Two, two. Somebody else framed it this way, but but two teams in college sports left a conference that they had been in for a hundred years yeah. in a day. I mean, they the obviously the groundwork had been done. Yeah. But we found out but about it, and it officially and happened in a day. 
should I feel better or worse about Kevin Durant? Um, if he that we have gotten almost to 10 p.m. tonight and he has not yet been moved. Can I say neutral because I I, sure. I, I don't think you should. I certainly don't think you should feel worse. Um, I, my get again, like I, I think some of this is I think Brooklyn's gonna try to get as much as they can and mm-hmm. and you're gonna do a little bit of leverage and like right. I'm sure they asked for, for like Devin Booker's name was mentioned. Obviously, I think Phoenix was like, of course not. That's why would we make this trade then, right? That's, right. What's the point? Why would Durant want to be? Here? I, I'm also sure they're probably a lot of it is hey, we want to give you DeAndre and maybe Brooklyn's not super interested, but at some point, like you know, gotta take. It also sounds like they're not that interested in what Miami's offering. So like, or right. like the, the Miami's players. So it's like they can't take Bam. You just have to take somebody. Yep. No, you're right. I I my hope is that this that this is now a matter of maybe maybe it is the Suns trying. Whoop! And you sure are. That's true. You are listening to almost entirely sports. Let's later happens. Or you hit the wrong button. Not my best. Yeah, I mean I get it. Did you say something? It's my mic on. I'm hoping maybe they're just they're just out there hunting for a third team that would be excited to add DeAndre Ayton, or maybe it's the Nuggets. They send bridges, you know. Because right, if you're the Nets right now, you you need to get at least one guy that you can really sell as like somebody to pair with Ben Simmons, honestly. Which DeAndre Ayton would I think that the DeAndre Ayton Michael Porter Jr. Uh, ben Simmons trio would be kind of fun. It'd be kind of fun in a kind of hectic, chaotic way. Um, bridges Ayton and Simmons would be fabulous. Yeah. I imagine that eventually that seems like the best package that they're going to get. It's a little interesting that they don't seem to be interested in picks really at all. Also, they got to figure out what they're doing with Kyrie. So still a lot of moving parts. This is the last show of the week for us. The KC Current tomorrow night. We'll talk to you next week. Till then. Bye, Mom.